Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs Victory Party. The Kansas City Chiefs took care of business at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 17 to move to 7 and 2 on the season and not just that but some things happen later and your Kansas City Chiefs now sit alone atop the AFC West. Patrick the whole gang is here tonight. Patrick Allen, Sterling Holmes, Matt Verderam, Adam Best and our good friend Matt Connor who has uh, completed I'm sure pl- a multitude of posts over at arrowheadaddict.com uh we're going to get general reactions from everybody. Let's start with you, Matt Connor. Uh, what, what's what's going on, man? What's happening on the website? What's everybody talking about? Yeah, you know, we, uh, by the way, you guys, a lot of you guys know Reach uh, or Stacy, who's back this week for the first time in a few years on site. So it's fantastic. Uh, if you've been reading the site for a long time, Stacy's back as a contributor, which is great. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like who's not excited? Who's not excited to be seven and two? Who's not excited to have margin of error? The Chiefs gave up three turnovers, yeah. caused none, and the it was never in doubt. I mean, of, of course they're playing Jacksonville, but I mean it's not like the Chiefs have been like playing takeaway city from everyone. I mean, like these Chiefs, the only team that beats the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and that's nice to know. I don't know how well that works come playoff time, but man, they're in first place as a young growing transitioning team i feel bad for the afc right what about you guys it's good it's good news and and before we go any further uh matt connor is rocking the casey Beerco hat which i love uh i think it kind of looks stupid on me but and i've got myself uh a dunkle here from casey Beerco, our sponsors make sure you give them a shout out on twitter at Casey Beer Co. Let them know that you heard about their beer on our podcast. They've longtime sponsors of the podcast. The beer is freaking fantastic. Sterling needs uh, to go down there and pick up some more because I know he drank all his already. I'm, I'm getting down to bare <laughs> bones here. So uh, appreciate everybody at Casey Beer Co. Give them a shout out and dare to beer different. All right. Uh, Adam Best, thoughts, your quick thoughts on this game. Yeah. Well, I have a head cold today and it kind of feels like. Andre Cisco took a cheap shot at me, but uh, uh, the uh, tonic for the winter woes is being a Chiefs fan. I mean, what a time, right? Yeah. First place, despite a lot of things going wrong. And the main thing I want to focus on is if any other team lost their top two receivers and their number three one for a portion of the game, they would be fucked. But Mahomes throws four touchdowns. There's no other quarterback on the planet that can do that. Just him. He's in a class of his own. I think after today, that's indisputable. He, he He's him, you know? Yeah, he's starting to run away with this MVP race, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. By the way, Adam Best, love that hat. Do you know why I love that hat? Because it's the same brand, It's the same style of hat that Kyle Shanahan 
was wearing on the sidelines when the Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So I have that like burned into my mind as like it, it, it's 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 great. And you've got the Chiefs version. I love it. Me too. It. I've yeah. been waiting. I, I finally found it. So I've yeah. been looking for it since then. It's a, it's a good hat, and it's much better with that with that Arrowhead logo on there. Sterling, <laughs> your your big thoughts on offensive the game. line. Let's talk about it. We've been so harsh on them all season long. We've been bleeping on Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, who actually didn't play. It was a great performance from uh, Prince Teguinogo. Uh, Trey Smith, we've been saying, has had a down year. They were outstanding in this game. If we're going to rip on them when they play bad, let's give them credit when they play well. The offensive line stepped up huge for Kansas City, as well as the defensive line. The Chiefs won in the trenches. That's not something you say most weeks with this Kansas City Chiefs team. Look at you just diving headfirst into Prince's name, pronouncing it correctly, like you've said it a million times. Uh, fantastic job by you showing off those radio. This man's a professional, you know. <laughs> the rest of us, we we just we're just clowns with a with a microphone. This man's on the on the airways in Kansas City. All right, Verderam, they've been waiting to hear your thoughts on the game. They hurt you. Uh, you were very spirited at halftime. Yeah, you're not happy with the Chiefs' sloppy play. I'm sure you're still. A little bit annoyed, but your your thoughts on the game? I mean, I thought it was fine. They Mahomes was great, except for a pick at the end of the game. That I, I'm not quite sure what he was doing, but it's hard to it's hard to get on the guy for the game that he had. He was great. Um, I, I thought offensively they were great when they weren't turning the ball over. I mean, that was really the thing. You know, they had two turnovers in the game. The one was a big one early in the game with, with Pacheco. Um, they ran the ball really effectively. They they threw the ball. Well, I mean, I, I agree with, with Sterling. I mean, their offensive line was great. You know, Wiley leaves with a sprained elbow. It didn't even matter. They, they were fine. They were efficient. Um, and, and in the passing game, they were really better than fine. I mean, Mahomes had all day to throw the ball. So, great job. Even the one sack Josh Allen had, uh, it was largely because of, of coverage. It wasn't like Brown got – I mean, Brown blocked him for four seconds. Like that. I mean, he did his job. So – they were they were very good offensively. I thought defensively, for the most part, the Chiefs the first half were excellent. Uh, second half of the game, they were fine. You know, they gave up the one drive there. It, it took Jacksonville forever to get down the field. Um, no, honestly, I was very happy the way the Chiefs played, save for the sloppiness. The special teams, it's got to stop. It just has to stop. You can't be a turnover machine every other game on special teams. It can't happen. And then, you know, look, you, fumbles happen, these things. But, like, that would be my one big – criticism of the game was just you that's how you let teams win games they shouldn't win now today the Chiefs to their credit they were able to win they even covered for the first time in home all year long um but I mean hey well it could be worse could be a Bills fan today which that is one of the worst losses I've ever seen from a good team like that was both hilarious and horrifying and if Action Jackson if you're looming here today I know a resident Bills fan bro I am like actually sorry that was impossible. So the bottom line is G's won. Uh, and it, it's good to hear Mahomes saying after the game that Juju was walking around, giggling, joking around after the game. So hopefully, uh, you know, he, he gets well real soon. But, yeah, all said, the, a good game with some, with some sloppy moments. Yeah, uh, a really good game, I thought, for, from the Chiefs, just to throw my two cents in there. I really, obviously, aside from the sloppy play, like that they were balanced on offense. This is something that we've been waiting for. But the big takeaway for me, we mentioned this at halftime, and I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on this, was zero carries in this game 
for Clyde Edwards Alaire. I'm not exactly sure how many how many plays he was in. He was in the game. He had two targets, didn't catch anything. Um, so we'll, we'll see the official uh, snap counts tomorrow morning. Usually those come out. But this was, um, you know, we've been complaining, or at least I have, all season about how the Chiefs spread all the carries around. It's a couple for Pacheco, and it's a couple for CEH, and it's a couple for McKinnon, and it seemed frustrating that maybe nobody could get into a rhythm and that they needed to run the ball better. Do you guys think that this is just an anomaly and that they'll be back next week with you know splitting up all the carries, or was this a conscious effort by the coaching staff? And there were some comments made by Eric Bieniemy this week about the running game. Um, it was this a conscious effort by them to kind of make a decision, pick a primary guy, and actually, I, I'd love to hear from you, Matt Connor, because I know you probably covered Eb's comments this week. Man, you know, I don't know. I, I got the the unofficial snap count was four snaps today for Clyde. Wow. No, I don't know what you do there. You know, we saw him come in in, in the second quarter, and you like at the time it just seemed like okay, well that's the rotation. Is each guy looks like he's going to get a quarter, uh, but four snaps in. Then he was out, McKinnon's in, and then Pacheco is doing the cleanup duty in the fourth quarter. I mean, at this point, it really looks like a new tandem is emerging with Clyde as as kind of the the, the odd man out in, in this one. So, uh, you know, you got to love what you see with from Pacheco in that in that manner. By the way, and I I, I wrote about this already, but I I just I love the positive culture when we're talking about Pacheco. I love how that's an example of the positive culture that Andy Reid has here. How long did Pacheco have to think about his mistake before he was put back on the field and was forced to think about something new? Like he's got to think about new downs, new yards, new situations, rather than like having that mistake weigh on him for forever and becoming a burden. You see in that sort of one example, why overall we talk so much about the chiefs positive culture, Reid being a player's coach that kind of thing. I thought that was just a really great handling of a situation. And then you see Pacheco reward the Chiefs with 82 yards on 16 carries or something like that. As far as Clyde goes, though, I I'm, I mean, who knows, right? I think we're all just searching, you know, kind of like a, what is the team doing with the first-round pick? Yeah, I, I think that's a really great point by you. You know, not only does he not have to think about it on the sideline, but I think that that's something that probably translates to other players, right? The moment they make a mistake in a game, if you've got a, a different kind of coach over there, a, you know, a, a, a Parcells type, Todd Haley, right? And you fumble, you know, you're going to go over there. You're going to be getting your ass chewed out. They're going to be throwing a fit, red in the face, furious with you. Belichick, they, they might bench you for the rest of the game just to make a point. And Reed's the complete opposite of that. Yeah. And so as, like, as soon as a guy makes a mistake, he probably gets over it almost immediately because he's probably like, like I'm not going to catch shit for this. In fact, my coach believes me; he's going to come back to me. I think that's, that's, I mean, that's the way I would coach if I was an NFL coach. Um, and I guess the other way can work too. But what, any other thoughts from you guys on on the the is Clyde Edwards Alaire done? I'll just open it up. Jump, somebody grab it. Yeah, they went to him twice in a row, I believe, and one he dropped, and one Mahomes didn't connect with him, but. When Macheck, I mean, when Pacheco is a much harder, more capable runner with more juice, more vision, he showed that today. And Jarek McKinnon has better hands, is better in pass production, protection. What use does Clyde have? He's just okay at everything, just mediocre. So I think using Pacheco as the 
you know, first and second down back and McKinnon as the third down long distance back makes a lot of sense. And Sterling and I were actually clamoring for this on Wednesday, just play two guys and see how it goes. See if they can get in, in a rhythm because they haven't been able to with this, you know, three running back rotation they've had. Nobody can really get in a rhythm. And we saw Pacheco get in a rhythm and also McKinnon felt, you know, looked comfortable in his role as well. And he passes the eye test for me. Sterling? I was going to say, just with the run game in general as a whole, overlooking it, how many RPOs did you see from Kansas City today? Maybe one. It felt less than normal. The one RPO I really noticed was actually on the other side. The other team did an RPO, and the offensive lineman was too far downfield, got called back for a penalty. It seemed like there were more a more concerted effort to focus on the run, to give Pacheco the opportunity behind the offensive line, let the offensive line as well get into some sort of rhythm. That was the main thing here. Adam, I'm with you completely. What we were talking about, just give it to two guys. Maybe Clyde was the odd man out going into today. I thought it was going to be McKinnon because McKinnon was slightly banged up. So I thought it was going to be the, the, the Clyde and the Pacheco show. We were wrong. I don't know what role CEH has on this roster going forward. He's a capable third down back. If that's your third or your third running back on your roster, that's a pretty deep running back room. But Pacheco showed a lot. I have to really be enthused with what he did today. Ferdinand? Yeah, I think he's done as, as, as a starter for them. I mean, what would lead you to believe he's not? So, uh, look, Pacheco fumbled on their first drive of the game, and the Chiefs didn't even blink and put him right back in the game. So, if that's not going to get him off the field, what is? He played well. Other than that fumble, he played really well. Um, I also – I can't remember if it was on the, the post game last week or if it was on Tuesday or Thursday – or well, it would be Thursday, I guess um, – I was screaming all week about the RPOs to the Chiefs. Stop running them. Stop running them. They're a gigantic waste of time. Either run the ball or don't run the ball. And they didn't get an illegal man downfield penalty this week, as they've been getting over and over and over and over. Why? Because it, the, the linemen don't have to guess whether or not it's a run play or a pass play. They were effective. They were efficient. Jacksonville, by the way, was one of the better teams in the league against a run going into today. They were not in this game. Chiefs ran them over. And by the way, if the Chiefs don't run the ball 25 times next week, I'm going to lose my mind. You were playing a Chargers team that can't stop anybody from running the football. I mean, that should just be downhill. Here it comes all game and, and stop it. Right. So, look, I thought the Chiefs ran the ball well. I do think CH at this point is the odd guy out. I have nothing against the guy, but let's be real. What does he add to the team that, that they don't get out of Pacheco and McKinnon? Right. What did he do? What is the thing that when he's not on the field, they're missing? Nothing. Pacheco runs more physically than Edwards Alaire does. McKinnon is a better pass catcher than Edwards Alaire is. He is a far better blocker. He's he's not GH is not as, as fat. They can't speak. He's not as fast as Pacheco. So why would you put him in there? I mean, at this point, like I've asked dozens of people in the NFL over the years, like for you, when does the season change? And every one of them says the exact same thing. Thanksgiving. That's when I'm like we at that point know who we are. We have figured out who we want to be, and we're, not, we're and it's full throttle at that point. But guess what? Thanksgiving's in like ten days, so you're to that point now if you're the Chiefs. And I'll tell you another thing. In all seriousness, not to go a different direction, we don't have to, we don't have to veer off the path. What happened in Buffalo today? That is going to change things for Kansas City because they are going to now look at their schedule and go, you know what? We are in control. 
you know, it's the old like Captain Phillips thing, right? Like, I'm the captain now. Like, you have eight <laughs> games left. They are going to be favored in every one of them. They are going to play a different way, I believe, the rest of the year. Like, they're not going to be worrying about rotations and getting guys snapped. It's going to be a look. We got to win. We got to win. We got to win. We got to win. Um, I, I think between the time of the year and what happened in Buffalo, you're going to see a little bit of a shift in, in the mentality here for the Chiefs the next couple of months. A couple of super chats to get to uh, from our guy, Daniel. Uh, appreciate ver- the very generous super chat. Uh, yes. I'm at some event, so I may not hear you read this. First place, different year, same story. Wash, rinse, repeat. Cherry on top. Raiders and Broncos lose. Perfect day. And from our guy, TPT Chiefs football podcast, uh, Bills, big L. Chiefs win. Let's go. You boys think we can win out. And Mahomes, number one in the MVP. And last one, you think Juju is okay. Look, I'll start with the Juju one. We don't know, right? He's not okay. He got a traumatic brain injury, right? He was in the fencing position. You know, I'm, I'm glad he was himself in the locker room and, and all of that, but obviously had a, a head injury. Uh, all that we can hope is that it wasn't too serious and that he's able to recover quickly and that they don't put him back on the field until he's, uh, it's safe for him to be out there. And the Chiefs will be fine without Juju, and, and, and we just care about his health and safety. Mahomes number one for MVP. I don't think that that's a question. Uh, should still be leading the league in touchdown passes, I think, after this game. Tacked on four more. Um, and uh, can we win out? And that's an interesting question. Why don't we why don't we go around the horn a little bit on that one? Chiefs have some, you know, you know it's tough to that many games in a row in the NFL. Some some tough opponents. The Chiefs are no joke. They always play the Chiefs tough. Thinking the Chiefs went out. Do, you, you're like robot man, at least for me. Right? Okay. So you robot okay, yeah. until the last question was: Internet's Will the Chiefs win out? That's what we got from that. So I think we're yeah. Right, the so, Chiefs so went out. Whatever was just said, hopefully wasn't important because nobody heard it outside of your dog and like a neighbor. Um, all right. So yeah, I'll, I'll throw it to you, I'll throw it to you guys first. Uh, do you guys think they're going to win out, or can they win? They out? They can win out. I don't think they do. I mean, let's be real here. The Chiefs lost to the Colts. It's any given Sunday. There's been so much parity in today's NFL. Uh, the Bengals. The Chiefs should hammer the Bengals, but the Bengals have been one team that there's been the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Jamar Chase might be back for that game. That could be a huge difference maker. Um, again, the Chiefs should be favored in every single game to end the season. But if I were a betting man, I don't think they win every single game to win out. That just seems like a lot to ask. I mean, I'll give you quickly. So my column this week, Stack in the Box column, is going to be about the Bills and how I think they're just using Allen to a point of of oblivion. Like, I don't, I don't think they can sustain this. And I went and did the research – he, I don't have the number right in front of me, but he has accounted for 84% of the yards on offense. Like nobody else is above 75.7, which is what Hertz is at. And then Jackson's at like 75.2. But here's a really interesting stat, at least I think it is, that I, I put in there. So Josh Allen is currently, and this, this all factors into them right today. Josh Allen currently leads the Bills in rushing yards. Since the AFL NFL merger in 1970, only eight teams have reached the postseason with their quarterback leading the team in rushing. Ironically and amazingly, of those eight teams, five different times it was the Eagles with three different quarterbacks. Okay, eight teams. Of those eight teams, none of them even reached the AFC or NFC title game. 
you are asking him to do something that he cannot do. Now, the reason I bring all that up is I think for the Chiefs to run the table, they have to continue to have balance. You cannot ask Mahomes to do what he did against Tennessee, which is just be everything all the time, every play. They, he didn't ask him to do that today. He certainly was a big chunk of the offense, but they ran the ball effectively. They played good defensive football. That is, if they're going to win out, which I, I don't think they will because that is just so hard to do. But I also don't think the Bills are winning out the rest of the way. I think the Chiefs can probably lose a game and be the number one seed. That I think is very much in play. But if you're going to do that, you have to be able to play complementary football. Run the ball, stay ahead of the sticks, make the O-line's job easier, play defense. I would like to see the defense if I have one critique. I'd like to see him get the takeaways up a little bit. Um, Special teams, got to be better in the kicking game, right? If they can do that, I think they could run the table. I certainly think they could go well, – how many games do they have left? Eight? It goes seven and one, something like that. But I, I think that's the key. You have seen with Buffalo early in the year, that was great. It was fireworks. Everybody was excited. And Allen was – Allen is leading the league in interceptions now. He has thrown ten picks. You're, you're asking him to do so much that it's starting to collapse in around him. He's forcing the ball. He's now dealing with an injury, all this stuff. If they don't ask Mahomes to do that level of work, I think they could run the table. But they, they need to have the balance that they showed today, Sands kicking game. Anybody else? Can the Chiefs win out? I think they're going to try their damnedest. And I, and I think because like what you just said, Matt, about Allen playing through injury, we've seen the Chargers forcing Justin Herbert to play right after that rib injury yep. just kind of sideline them early on. I think that extra week, you know, we all know the importance, of, uh, you know, and, and the metrics, and the stats they say about, like, if you have a bye in that first round of the postseason, it just guarantees you to go that much farther because of what that extra rest means. And then they, they, they truncate that down to just one. And then, and then in a year like this, when we've seen people forced to play through injury, your most important players, how that really affects your season and, like maybe we're watching the bills in the middle of that kind of a turn where things get a little bit uglier after this. I think the chiefs are going to look at that and go, we can get another respite before it really matters. Like, let's do this. Let's go all in. And so I think, I think all of that added together, I think before I would have taken a little bit more of a, Oh, any given Sunday scenario and said, you know, they'll probably go six and two just because like, just, just because I don't want to be like happy Homer guy or, you know, like Ollie the optimist or whatever. But really, I really, I think there's a whole thing here about like, Hey guys, let's, let's, let's do whatever it takes to get to that moment because then we will be so much more ready for the run that we're all here to do. So, yeah, I I think Matt's onto something here by pointing out some of those quarterback injuries, you know, the, I think the Chargers are really just kind of wringing their hands over. I mean, the Chargers have never handled any injury or health concern correctly, right? So I don't know why we would have expected them to get this one right, too. But you, but Staley and company have to be looking back going, damn, we should have just rested this guy for a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. The Bills have some tough games coming up. They got to play Miami again. They got to play the Patriots a couple of times. Um they still have to play the Bengals. So 
it's it, it and if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're the Chiefs, like you don't want to play that extra game. And 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 as even if the Bills do struggle down the stretch, you still don't want to see them in the playoffs and a winner take all one game. So that lessens the the chance that you might ha- you might not have to play them. You know, somebody else could do your dirty work. Remember the Chiefs when the when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't end up having to play the Patriots. They ended up playing the Titans, and I'm not saying they wouldn't beat the Patriots, they but killed the Patriots. What's that? They would have killed the they, Patriots. They, they may have, but they lost to them the year before in the AFC Championship I, I game. Know. I didn't want to play them as a Chiefs fan when the when the when the, when the I, I was like, hmm, Brady or Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think you know what you know what the answer was. Um, speaking of Chiefs players, what about this guy? Kadarius Tony, who we didn't think w- was going to be much of a factor this year when he came over. Now you got the McCole Hardman injury. He fits into some of, we talked about it, Verderam and I on Thursday, we thought maybe he'd come in and do some of those things that Hardman does. He did. Who wants to talk about Kadarius Tony? Cause I'm pretty jacked up about this guy. I was going to say, Joe? first off, they got that Josh Gordon touchdown out of the way. And I go, all right, they gave him that touchdown. Let's force feed him, get the fan base happy. And then some of the receptions he, he made, you're just sitting here going, no one else on this team is making those catches. Very few players in the league are making those catches. I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, but some of those catches were just damn impressive. This, for me, was a move more so for the future than just this season, but what he's doing right now has me so jacked up. Kadarius Toney's going to have a ton of opportunity with you know Sky Moore not taking the – really getting in there with McCall Hardman being banged up with Juju potentially being out of game, right? Kadarius Tony already seems to have some sort of connection with Mahomes, at least the trust to throw the ball deep to him, even in coverage. And that's just so fun to watch. I mean, I can tell you for a fact when they acquired him that they didn't think that he was going to make this big of an immediate impact. I mean, they, they didn't feel that way. So this is even a surprise for them. Uh, he has come in and been great. He had 90 all-purpose yards. Well, I shouldn't say all-purpose because he had some return yards. He had 90 offensive yards. He had, I believe it was, what, 63 receiving yards, uh, 57 receiving yards, 33 yards on the ground, had a touchdown, made that one catch on the sideline that was spectacular. I mean, up up over his head. He was interfered with. He still caught it. I got to be honest, you know, usually the Chiefs make these midseason acquisitions and I'm very much in like the, yeah, all right, you know, I, I'm not against it, but let's kind of wait and see, see how much they utilize a guy. He could really make a huge difference for them because he runs good routes, man. Like he, he gets himself wide open. And when you can put him on the field with Juju when he's healthy and MVS and Hardman and Kelsey, like that is, that's a lot. That's a lot of speed. It's a lot of size. It's a lot of versatility. I mean, you you can do just about anything you want with those guys on the field, you know. So it, he's been he's been excellent. You know, I thought today he he did everything you could ask of him in a, in a variety of ways. And by the way, he even affected the game when he didn't get the ball when they would run fake jet sweeps to him, and the defense had to shift over because he had already beaten him on it. Those are the little things in games. That if you just look at a box score, you're never going to see. Yeah, but it matters so much when you get the defense to move because everybody's like, well, does he have the ball? Does he have the ball? And then well, you took a step to the left, and now Pacheco's got nine to the right because there was a linebacker who would have been there to ear hole him in the, in the middle of the line of scrimmage. He's out of position now. So I thought Tony had a very good game. It also is telling that Mahomes is trying to find him. 
like Mahomes clearly believes in this kid. So you hope it gets going off on the right foot. He puts what happened in New York behind him because so far he's been really, really productive for the Chiefs. I agree with Matt. He's got a gravitational pull that can kind of re- replace what uh, some of Tyreek brought to the table. What I think is noteworthy is how fast he's gotten acclimated to this playbook. Yep. Andy Reid is notorious for bringing along receivers slowly, and they've just thrown him into the deep end, and they keep praising him, and it must really say something about him, well, and New York, but uh, just a real pleasant surprise how quickly he's grasped the offense and gotten on the same page with Mahomes and the coaching staff. And on the flip side of that, should we look at Tony's rapid ascent up the depth chart and and turn around and look at a guy like Sky Moore and just sort of resign ourselves to, hey, like, this dude's just not ready to be a regular contributor and maybe he gets in and does some spot duty here and there, but, like, maybe we just – I'll cool our heels a little bit this season for the rookie and just let him be a rookie and, and see what he's got next year. He's a small school guy, second rounder. Someone like that, Devontae Adams, right? I think we just have to give him some time. Our expectations were super high. Uh, it's been a long time, I feel like, since Chiefs Kingdom has been this excited about a receiver. I, I wouldn't, you know, call him a bust yet or anything like that. It's just going to be a process. You know, in Green Bay, they had seen nothing from Christian Watson all season long. And then today he explodes for three touchdowns. So you never know when the light bulb is going to come on. It just is a process that sometimes takes longer than you want it to. Matt Connor, I saw you nodding. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to Sky Moore, there's no opportunity there, um, you know, with so many impressive guys. You know, we haven't even talked about, like, Justin Watson's never name has never come up one time. And he's a guy who has gotten, you know, Mahomes' favor. Um, you know, last week he had five targets. Um, I was even thinking of him when we were talking about Clyde earlier. I mean, we, you know, I'm not saying that Clyde isn't everything we said, but just last week, like we, like MVS was getting nothing last week, right? And it looked like, oh, is he kind of on the outs because Justin Watson had five targets, and, and and then and then this week MVS had an early touchdown even before Juju goes out, and it's like, oh. Maybe just some weeks, some guys just aren't going to get it. And if that's the case with how deep it is, then if you have a small school guy like Sky who needs some time or isn't quite ready or mentally, what like whatever's not there, you've got a room full of guys that are there. And even those guys aren't getting enough because there's not, there's just too many mouths to feed. So, yeah. you know, in that situation, you know, like, we could be saying, why isn't Jody Fortz in the end zone monster we think he'd be? And, <laughs> and before tonight, we could be saying, is Noah Gray ever going to show the hands that he blah, blah, blah until the last couple weeks? The truth of it is, Mahomes throws the hell out of the ball, and it's still the rooms are loaded on this team. So that's going to keep the wheels going as a team, but it's going to create disappointment on a player-by-player analysis basis unless you're looking at Kelsey and Juju and that's about it. I mean I'm I'm clearly in the minority here. I just I don't care if Sky Moore produces a share or not. <laughs> I just don't care. Like this is a topic week in and week out. Who gives a shit? Mahomes is gonna throw for fifty five hundred yards. Like my our big concern is whether like the kid from Western Michigan's getting enough share tar like target share. I, I just don't like who cares? 
You got Juju, who before today was on pace like 1,300 yards. He's still on pace for a bunch of yards. Kelsey's having another great year. MVS, for all the crap he gets, is on pace for over 800 yards. Hardman's had a great last couple weeks before he had to miss this week. I just don't care. Like, look, if, if, if Sky Moore becomes a really good player, awesome. Awesome. If he doesn't and he's a bust, all right. He was like 50-something in the draft. Like, it's not like they took this kid, like, fourth overall. Like, I I mean, if they walk out of that draft with nothing but those three corners and Carl Loftus, great draft. Great. If they have just the corners and Pacheco and, like, Cook is, like, a halfway decent player, that's great. Like, I think there's this, this inclination, like, if a guy is a first, second, third-round pick and he's not just immediately great, like, then it's, like, this panic and all oh, Veach is terrible and what happened and, like, like, all right. I mean, I guess I just, to me, like, I can't care about this. They have a million other guys to throw the ball to. Sky Moore's a rookie. When he's been asked to catch the ball, he's been fine. He's run good routes. He's been a mess on special teams. Like, look who he's sitting behind on this team. It's not like he's sitting behind DeVar Darling and Mark Bradley. Like, he's sitting behind a bunch of guys who can play. Like, I I just – I don't care. Like, if he plays better, that's great. And if they don't throw to him one more time, but he's holding the trophy at the end of the year, awesome. Congratulations. Here's your ring. What's your size? Like, I – He'll probably be in line to to get his hands on the trophy as well. You know, I think it's a, it's a fair point, Verderam, and I think the fans obviously really care. They get excited, right? Skill position player, first couple rounds, they want to see they want to see him out there. And and there was a lot of Tyreek Hill departs. There was a lot of questions about what how would this receiver group shake out? We didn't know. We didn't know who was it was going to be Juju, it was going to be MVS, who's going to step up. So I get it. Um, but I think what's what's really should be heartening to Chiefs fans is that they I think they can all start to take your view of this, which is who cares if Sky Moore does anything this year? And because I think the Chiefs could be in, in one of two spots right now. They could be in the spot that they're in, where they've got MVS and Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith Schuster and Travis Kelsey and and Odell Beckham Jr. If they can get him, they'll probably bring him in too. And they got Sky Moore and they got uh, you know Watson. Jody Fortson, Noah Gray, they have all these guys. I'm just talking for 10 minutes, naming all the pass catchers. Or they could be in the situation that Aaron Rodgers is in, is in Green Bay, where he needs a rookie to step up to try to win a game. He's got nobody out there to throw the ball to. And if you look at just the difference between the, the approach that the two GMs took when they had marquee wide receivers to the best in the league, maybe the two best in the league, leave. I mean, you got to be feeling really happy that Brett Veach is your GM. At the same time, why does everybody look good when they step on the field with Patrick Mahomes? That's and true. I agree with Matt. If we have, it's, you know, holiday season. If we have to put Sky Moore on layaway for this year, it's not the end. What matters is the team's success. And we've got plenty. The arsenal is still pretty loaded. <laughs> I mean, they took Breland Speaks for Christ's sake. <laughs> like, didn't derail the dynasty. Like, it was fine. Like, I mean, it's just. Look, you and I'm not. By the way, I don't know if he's going to be a good player or not. I have no idea. Like it, it, that's not the point. But my point is, like, they're seven and two in the one seed in the AFC, and we're sitting here, like, you know what? You know, it's a real big problem. Like Sky Moore's targets. Who cares? You got to find something, though. You know. I mean, but there are. Like, do you want to talk about real things? Like, let's talk about the special teams, which is a tire fire week in and week out. Let's talk about the lack of takeaways. By the way, one thing we did not talk about at all yet: 
is their defense today with five sacks. Yeah. Like, that was impressive. And those weren't covered sacks a lot of times. Those are like through the line, like one guy, and we've talked about him some, So I, although not today. Um, it's gotten to the point like they need to extend Colin Saunders. Like they need to bring him back. And if Derek Nottie walks, fine, whatever. Like they need Saunders to be back. That guy is a wrecking machine inside. And when he's paired with Jones, he's damn near unstoppable. Like they have been really, really good inside him. Dunlap got to 100 career sacks, which is an incredible accomplishment. Kudos to him. Got a half sack today with Jones, with one and a half sacks. Leo Chanel had his first NFL sack. Willie Gay, he led the team with Bolton with eight, uh, eight tackles each. He had a sack. By the way, I thought Bolton has been getting criticized a lot recently, and I think to some degree rightfully so, to some degree a little over the top. He was very good today. Uh, it was all over the place. So, look, I, I just think if we want to talk about stuff that's like legitimately concerning, it's the special teams. It's the lack of takeaways on defense. It's it's continuing to have balance. Like, Sky Moore's got to be, I don't know, 85th on my list of concerns. Like, do you, do you think Andy's on the sideline? I'm going, shit, we only got Sky Moore out there twice. Like, it, it just doesn't. They want to win, and they're winning. They're seven and two, and they're they're the best offense in the NFL. So I'm I'm fine with the way. Let's it's talk going. special teams. Dave Tobe has been yeah, his units have been what top ten the majority of his time top yeah. five his tenure here in Kansas City. What has gone wrong this year? Because it doesn't just feel like it's one aspect. It feels like it's a multitude of aspects in special teams. Buckers obviously not a hundred percent. Do they need to sit him another week or two um, when it comes to the return game? I know you and I differed a little bit, but Kadarius Tony also had another bad decision later on on a punt return in the game. Um, Jody Fordson, what the hell? Not being ready, first play of the game on the onside kick. Is this more on Dave Tobe? Do you, do you think that his longevity and his success in the past will eventually right the ship? What are you thinking here? Man, yeah. go ahead. No, but, hit it, hit it. Go ahead. I just talked for five minutes. Go ahead. Well, well, I I guess I just I have some I have questions and maybe you guys could answer these. But to me, as I look at it, I think when you talk about a roster that's undergoing a sea change of youth, when you lose glue guys, when we complain about the glue guys because they're too slow on defense, right? Sorensen, Armani Watts, Ben Neiman, etc. But when you're giving up guys, literally, when you put them all together, you have decades of NFL experience on special teams knowing exactly what you want them to do. When you flush that system of most of those guys all at once, like the guys that we're talking about largely are rookies or first-year players for the Chiefs. Um, And then we're having one special teams gaffe, one after another after another, it makes you say, I'm glad we don't have Ben Neiman on defense anymore. We've upgraded. I'm glad we don't have I'm glad Sorensen's not the third safety anymore in coverage on so many snaps. But at the same time, I'd kill for Sorensen's excellence and and steadiness, their presence on special teams. And we're seeing literally a team learn as they go. And so I just don't think you can hit the subtract button, or, or I guess I'm asking, did the Chiefs press the subtract button on so many and we're just we're watching the learning curve and, and like how much of this is on Tobe and how much of this is on the youth movement that we're all applauding on one hand and then cursing on the other? I don't know, man. I don't know that it's roster turnover. Maybe it is, but it, a lot of it's – I mean, I feel like they're covering kicks pretty well. 
like that's where most of those guys come into play. It's the it's the it's the kick returners and the kickers that have been that have been having the issue. Bucker's been injured. They brought in a, a bunch of backups to to. It's like you know, pick your poison with the kicker. You either have a hurt Bucker or Matt Amendola out there. Which is why kicks. I say don't release Harrison Bucker. All those people who want to release Harrison Bucker, look what you get instead. Something way way worse. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I mean, Bucker's not been good this year. My anybody wants to release Harrison Bucker, go watch like 2019 around the yeah. league right now. Um, I, but by, by the way, he's for like five years. Not releasing him. Um, you know what? I really, I think Connor's point is is a great one. I think it's accurate. I think it's around the money. Like, look, they they did churn a lot of the back third of the roster, and when you do that, that's fine. Like, I, I'm glad they did it, but they are going to suffer somewhere. Now, the coverage largely has been good. This year, it was not great today. Um, but it's a combination of a few things. Bucker being hurt sent the kicking game completely out of whack. I mean, there's no argument. If he's there for that Colts game, they win. Okay? If Sky Moore has been an absolute unmitigated disaster returning kicks. I just, just can't feel the punt. Just can't do it. Like, the ball is like a kryptonite to him coming down. Uh, so you have those issues. Now, I do think it's married to a coaching issue. They have fielded the ball inside the 10-yard line on punts for the entirety of Tobe's tenure in Kansas City. Do they, they do it all the time. Tony, they field that ball at the one-yard line. You're like, I, that's either the worst coaching point of all time or they have a lot of guys on the team who think they're in the CFL that the, the field's 10 yards long. Like I, I don't know what is happening. They do it all the time. The other part of this is like the onside kick first play of the game today. That should be a coaching point every single week. Guys, you are going to be the favored team most weeks. You are the better team. Teams are going to try to steal a possession from you. You have to expect it. And I'll tell you what, that's only going to happen more and more as the season goes on with these teams who are out of it like Denver and the Raiders and the Texans and maybe the Rams who have nothing to lose are going to say, screw it. Let's try something crazy. Let's turn the game into a circus. At some point, you, you've you've got to be aware of what's happening. And I, to me, that onside kick to start the game, that's a turnover. That's a turnover. That kind of stuff. Now, their defense, give them credit, Chiefs defense stepped up and got the ball right back for them, and they, and they made a play, and so be it. But that kind of stuff, like that probably won't happen in a playoff game. You know, a team's probably not going to try that in a playoff game. Teams are going to try that down the stretch at a 3-10 and 10 and don't care. And like that's how you let teams hang around. Maybe it's good it happened now because uh, you know if, if it's been on tape and teams have been noticing and it happened here against the Jaguars and the Chiefs won anyway. Hopefully it's not going to happen again now that it happened to them in a game. Um, c- a couple of super chats to get to really quickly. Um, uh, Andrew Rebar, appreciate you. Couldn't watch the game on CBS. Didn't air a KC game down here in Texas, but saw the giant L from Buffalo. Thanks for what y'all do, boys. You're my favorite podcast. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Very kind. Uh, and a, thank you for the super sticker from Sugar Jones. I think I might know who that is. Did we used to watch the Chiefs in a bar together in New York City? I think that might be my friend Michelle. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then shout out to uh, Carender uh, for the super chat. Let's keep that one seed, boys. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the defense because I thought there were a lot of really good individual performances on defense today. Uh, some have already been mentioned. 
Um, who stands out for you guys? Uh, who are you really impressed with on defense today? Why don't you kick us off, Sterling? I was going to say Trent McDuffie. I said at halftime, that's a guy I want to watch in the second half. He got a couple plays by him, but the majority of the time it was good defense. Uh, he's a rookie. He's going to have some mistakes here and there, but that's also a guy who's not afraid to tackle. He's not the biggest dude out there. We knew that from the draft, but he's not afraid to actually wrap up and make a tackle. I think it's huge. The entire secondary and cornerback, for that matter, give him a lot of credit. Watch a lot of other teams. I know we remember Marcus Peters. He was obviously a game changer like Trayvon Diggs. Those dudes don't like tackling. Legereus Sneed, Joshua Williams, Trim McDuffie, they put their, their helmet in there. I think Trim McDuffie really has answered all of the questions. He looks like a legitimate CB1, and I am very excited for this. Yeah, we also got two uh, passes defended from Furious George in this game. A, uh, there were a few batted down passes in this game from the Chiefs on the defensive line and the linebackers that were were huge. Uh, what, one of them, I think it was the Carl Loftus one, would have gone for a huge gain and a first down, maybe a touchdown. Uh, if you remember that play where the receiver was coming out of the break and uh, maybe, maybe it was a linebacker. Anyway, um, uh, Adam, who stood out for you today on defense? Willie Gay. It's fitting that he wears number 50 because he looked like Mike Singletary out there. Today. It was Willie Gay. It was Willie I think Gay. that was his best game that he's ever played. I also want to talk about Chris Jones. I think we're at the point where we need to push for defensive player of the year. Uh, he has to be in that conversation. I know everyone's obsessed with Michael Parsons, but even on plays where he doesn't statistically get credit, he wrecks the game. You, you see it so many times. He's just an unstoppable force of nature and the entire Chiefs defense revolves around him. Uh, and I think a lot of us winning out, that, that's one of three guys on this team that I think has to stay healthy, obviously. Him, Kelsey, Mahomes. So those are the two guys. Legereus Sneed, I'm a big Legereus Sneed guy. I thought he played pretty bad today. Uh, now, Christian Kirk is one of the better slot receivers in the league, so maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe he was still banged up not playing 100%, but I thought Willie Gay was the most noticeable person other than Jones, and Snead had probably the worst performance. Jones, I think, will have you had one and a half sacks today. I think that'll take him up to seven on the season. So I think for your your campaign, to get the campaign going for him for defense player of the year, he's got to keep going with the sacks, get up into those double digits, and uh, I think he'd certainly have an argument. Sterling, uh, you already Correct, went. Correct, uh, it's getting late. <laughs> Bertram, he stood out for you today on defense. And Saunders, but um, there are a lot of guys. I said I thought Bolton played well. You know, Sterling mentioned Joshua Williams. Joshua Williams was terrific. I'll tell you what, he he hits. That guy, like, he comes up and he lays the wood. By the way, uh, Chargers immediately up 7 nothing on a deep ball from Herbert. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, I, I think, you know, I thought the front seven as a whole played really well. Um I didn't have a lot of qualms defensively with the Chiefs today. Really didn't. Got pressure. I thought ETN was going to have a big day, or at least could have a big day. ETN did nothing. Ran for 45 yards. He had 28 yards receiving, but who cares? 73 yards, no touchdowns. You'll sign up for that all day long. Uh, I thought the Chiefs were excellent on defense, but I would say Saunders was the guy who really stood out uh, and, and, and played well. By the way, so yeah, the Chargers also, uh, real quick, they're up 7 nothing. And Derek Carr was like legitimately full blown sobbing at a press conference. So that that's where the AFC West at right now. Yikes! Wow. Yep. I mean, 
I, I can be honest with you. I'm surprised it took him this long playing for the Raiders. Um, Matt Connor, what about you? Who stood out on defense? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think all the names have been mentioned. I was going to say Joshua Williams myself. I don't know if you remember that pass from Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones late in the game. It was, it was, a, it was a perfect pass. I mean, it was an incredible – it was an incredible throw and catch, kept a, a long drive going. Um, but Williams was all over that in a way that that I was like, that's perfect coverage. I, it was just a total dime from from Lawrence. And so even the moments that I saw Williams, like, getting beat technically, I'm like, man, he's so sticky and long that I can't believe – it was one of those, like, I can't believe passes. And then you watch a guy like that shed blocks and play the run as well as he does. Like in the box score, it just says four solo tackles and that's it. And I'm seeing a guy who was supposed to be this long-term project, fourth round guy, like showing up big in a, like, I just think he and McDuffie together, plus whatever they're adding are going to be like, I remember when the chiefs drafted Brandon Carr and uh and and brandon um flowers flowers and they both locked into their positions for like the next five years and i and everyone was like holy shit the brandon's you know brilliant drafting and it's so good and it was like fun to watch them grow together and it feels like the chiefs got their two pillars in that tyreek trade like that wasn't brandon albert the third brandon from that draft yeah Yeah. also extra points uh who can name where uh where brandon car went to college Grand Valley State. Yeah. Yes. All right. Like it. Well done. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Small school guy. Um, Yeah. And and let's just take a minute to talk about before we hand out our arrowheads. Let's talk about number 15. He just, I feel like he gets overlooked a little bit sometimes, even on this podcast, because he's just so brilliant that by this point, we're just all used to it. And we're like, yeah, you know, of course he went out there and threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, who's got something to say about uh, Patrick Mahomes? He's 30 and four in the months of November and December. <laughs> He's RB one now. He's RB one. He's the, he's the best player. He's the best player in the league by a considerable margin. It, I, I know everybody gets into all this, like, well, you know, Brady's won seven Super Bowls. If Mahomes won three or four Super Bowls, I think he's the greatest player I've ever seen. Like I, I think you have to win a few of those in the NFL at that position. But like to me, he doesn't have to win eight. Like if he was like like Bill Russell won more than Michael Jordan, and all, all the respect in the world for Bill Russell as a player and a, as a person. But like if you said to me, who do I think was just the the more dominant player? You know, considering the era and everything around them and all that stuff, like Jordan, I I, I would say. Although maybe somebody of, of a different generation would argue, and that's fine. That's what makes sports fun. Um. Mahomes does things that are just obscene. Like, there was the one play in the game. It was a small play, but it was, like, third down. And he had time, but he had nowhere to go. And he kind of got under pressure. And he spun around. And he ran across the field. And then he threw to McKinnon. And it's like, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're so used to that. You're like, oh, that was a nice play. That was cool. Like, if anybody – like, if Justin Fields did that, Chicago would shut down and throw a parade. (laughs) Like, I, I can't even imagine what the reaction would be if that happened, right? Like, 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 look, we all think Herbert is a great quarterback. I don't think I've ever seen Herbert do that. Ever, like, just start running around and like, I'll just flip it across. Like, or, or honestly, the one play none of us have brought up because the game was kind of in hand at this point. Although it clinched it, that throw to, to MVS down the sideline on third down, when he got hammered as he threw the ball, 
Yeah. It's a great throw. It's an even better catch. One hand is a phenomenal catch, stays in bounds, the whole deal. But man, like, Mahomes might set the all time single season passing record. It, yeah. It's just. What did they say that stat? He has like 12, he had like 1,200. Uh, in the last three games. Yeah. In the last three games. That's ridiculous. But, but, Do you remember when we all got excited when, uh, who was it? Was it like when the Chiefs would have a 4,000 yard passer? Like well, well, Alex Smith, I think it was a. I mean, what the second guy to ever do it? Trent Green, yeah. I think, did it for them, and that was it. Like they, yeah. actually, no, I'm sorry, Bill Kenny, Bill Kenny did it once in the '80s. Um, Three games. By the way, the Niners are just rolling downfield, so the Chargers' defense is here in full force. Uh, but yeah, look, we shouldn't take it for granted, though. Like it's a, it's a point well taken. We should not take it's it's insane what he does in a week in week out basis. Like he threw for three thirty or whatever it was, he had four touchdowns. Before he showed up, that would have been like one of the greatest days in Chiefs quarterback in history. And with him, you're like, oh, that's nice. It felt very routine, didn't it? His performance yeah, it today. Because it it's like, it is routine with him. Too, it's insane. Nothing too crazy, you know, by his standards. The, the, you know, some of the crazy highlights he has. He's just, oh, yeah, you know, like a pedestrian averaging 9.5 yards uh, average. Any, anybody else more superlatives for, for, uh, for number 15? We're lucky. I mean, we're we're just lucky. Yeah, I, I felt yeah. that way when it was Tyreek and Travis when Tyreek was here, and and still with with Travis here. I mean, we had, I think all of us are just very well aware that we're watching Hall of Famers in their prime week after week, and uh, like we have front row seats and and the ability to even offer some perspective to other Chiefs fans at a, at the golden era of this franchise. It's it's really something. You yeah, guys, we get, um. Are you guys fans of The Office? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The reason I ask is there's a line in the finale of the show by Andy Bernard. Don't don't you wish you knew when you were in the good old days? Yeah, you're in them now. Um, Like I, as everybody I'm sure knows in this podcast at this point, and certainly all the listeners, like I'm a devil's fan in hockey, okay? Marty Brodeur, greatest goaltender in my life. I'll argue to the death of anybody. And you knew, kind of like when you watched Mahomes, you knew. Watching him in real time, like this guy is what the, I hate the term, like one of one. Like you knew watching him, it was just special. And I remember as he was getting up there in age, you're like, man, one of these days he's not going to be the goalie anymore. Like he was a goaltender my whole life as a Devils fan. Like, he became their goalie in '94 and like was my was their goaltender until after I got out of college. And when he retired, it was like. I don't care who's in net. Like this is never going to be the same watching this team because you always knew with him back there. You're like, we got a shot. We have a shot. Like I don't care who the hell they're playing, where they're playing. That's how it is with Mahomes right now. Like I don't care how with the rest of the season however it plays out. I don't care who they're playing in the playoffs, where they're playing them, what the what the weather is. You've got that guy, and if you've got him, you've got a shot. And the other team is terrified of you, and that is something that's very very special. And he is very close, I would say, to there's look, there's a ways to go. But if he keeps up playing the way if he just goes par for the rest of the season, I think he gets a second NFL MVP. Um, I don't know that there's anybody else who's really close to him right now, particularly with Josh Allen having some false starts here in the middle of the season. Um, quick super chat to get to Kansas Hot Dogs, appreciate you. Derek Carr press conference was beautiful. Mascara was running. Can't wait to get off of here and go watch that. Um, let's let's give out some arrowheads here. Uh, let's start off with you, Matt Connor. Who are you giving an arrowhead to for their performance today? 
I'm, I gotta go Chris Jones. Um, I mean, I, I tweeted out earlier that he, that I thought he would, you know, he, it merits the defensive player of the year conversation myself. I totally agree with Adam on that one. Uh, you know, I mean, on a team that's been starved for play, like defensive playmakers to help balance the roster, Jones has been the one steady presence while cycling through other good names like Matthew or, or others. And so um, him just being the pillar that he is for as long as he has, it'd be really nice to see him sort of enter the conversation of like household name. Like I'd love to see that, that leap. And maybe he is already, but, but I, I think to the casual fan, uh, he's not quite there, but, but a full strong year. We're seeing it right now. Adam best. I'm going to cheat and do more than one, but my first is just Juju. Juju. um, He's had, Two concussions, actually, so I'm a little worried about him. One in the two, 2017 preseason, one in week 11 of 2019. So hopefully this isn't a prolonged thing and he's back, but just wanted to you know, praise him for his toughness over the middle and his willingness to take those shots. The other two guys, I thought Trey Smith had a bad week last week, really turned it around, and then Noah Gray – the, the Kelsey understa- study cannot sing his praises enough. He does all the little things, but he's starting to do some bigger things too. Mm. And uh, I, I'm just really hopeful that he continues to learn under the tutelage of Kelsey. And by the time Kelsey slows down, he, there's never going to be another Travis Kelsey, but we have a quality go-to receiving tight end that can kind of step up and, and to the best any human can try to, Phil Kelsey's giant shoes. Love it. Love it. And love the nod to, to Juju as well. Sterling? Offensive line. The whole offensive line. I have to do it. I mean, if we're going to rip yeah. on them, again, I, I just want to make sure we give them credit where credit is due. This was an outstanding performance in pass protection as well as run blocking. They were outstanding. Wiley goes down. Mr. 1999, Little Red Corvette, Purple Rain, Prince steps up. I mean, he filled in. It was an admirable job by him. Or Leonard Brown Jr., did you hear, like, anything? Normally the fans find any sort of reason to hate on this man. Even they were quiet. All the haters were sitting here going, all right, pretty damn good game. I mean, you're hearing the announcers talk about how good Creed's been, about how Traceman has been such a gym this game, how he was last year, a down year. Now he's dominating again in this as the season progresses. This offensive line was massive. They get the arrowhead for me. Love it. Love it. Verderam? Uh, the Niners right now are going for a 20-yard field goal like gutless cowards. Um, you know, so, uh, well, they almost just got a block, but it's good. Uh, so, I would I would say, look, I mean, I'll, I'll just be cheap and easy with the Mahomes. But Mahomes, it's, he's – if you want me to go somewhere else, Pacheco. You know, I thought Pacheco, after fumbling, could have gone in the tank. He didn't. Um, he played hard. He played well. Also got to throw it in there. Uh, the old man says his arrowhead goes to Justin Jefferson. How that yeah. dude can play like that with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, put him in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, did you guys watch the end of that oh game? Justin God. Jefferson single-handedly defeated the Buffalo Bills. That game is what would happen, I believe, if somebody did speed and like a, a big thing of Coke and then just said, <laughs> all right, let it ride, and played a football game. Like It was – I, I actually wrote out for us in an article 
like the sequence of events that happened after the two minute warning in the fourth quarter. And it honest to God, it was like 400 words. I like just in bullet points. Like just crazy nonsense. Like fourth and 18 Vikings have it. Yeah. They get in the end zone, but no, it's reversed. And then they don't get in on the sneak. And then Allen fumbles the ball and is on it. I just, that's one of those losses. Like if that was the chiefs, we would be, we would be catatonic. I can't even imagine that. It's impossible. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So give me Mahomes and Pacheco as, as uh, my earn the arrowheads, guys. I love it. Um, I'm going to give mine to Andy Reid. You know, this was a okay. game the Chiefs really needed to have, and I thought they came out with a really solid game plan on both sides of the ball. A little bit of a sloppy play, but like they didn't do any wonky, weird shit. They didn't try some like you know weird flea flicker with Michael Burton throwing the ball. Like, did you see what the did you see what the uh, what the what the Buccaneers did today with Tom Brady? Yeah, four net yes. through an interception. Not only that, wired team is good. Amari Cooper <laughs> threw another day for the Browns. It was it, yeah, it was hilarious. Fournette gets back there. He takes a direct snap. Brady lines up wide, and and Fournette runs right, and nobody covers Brady. So a few plays later. They run the same the same set, and and he throws it to Brady, and of course they're covering it this time. And not only are they covering it, Brady tries to stop, and you know the athletic marvel that he is slips, falls right on his ass. They get picked off. Uh, the, the in Germany, the, the Buccaneers still won, but um, none of that. We had none of that from Andy Reid today, um, which oh. is which is just you know they just went out there and played. Really good game plan and and executed really well. So Andy Reid gets my arrowhead. Hey, listen, everybody. Big news. We are coming to Kansas City. We're going to be there on December 11th for a live show at Tanner's Bar and Grill in Kansas. We're going to have all the details for you coming out this week. Just have to have a couple of meetings, get our shit together, figure out who's going, book travel, all that fun stuff. But we are going to be there for the Sunday night football game against the for the Chiefs versus the Broncos. Hopefully it's still going to be on Sunday night because the Broncos are complete ass. Um, but yeah. uh, if it gets yeah. moved to the afternoon, then we'll be partying in the afternoon. We're going to have giveaways. It's going to be free. You won't have to spend any money to come hang out with us, watch the Chiefs. We'll have a pregame show, a halftime show, a postgame show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited to meet some of you in person. I know Sterling's excited for us to get out there. It'll be the first time that that – some of us have met Sterling in person. Not me. We drank together, pal. Um, that's right. That's right. We, we threw a few back at Kansas City Beer. And Casey Beer, I think, is going to be partnering up with us for this event as well, maybe doing a tap takeover again. We're still working out the details. But the most important thing that you can do right now is, one, subscribe to this podcast so you can get updates on all of this. And, two, block off your calendar. Because if we do this, and none of you show up, not only will it be really embarrassing for us, <laughs> but the company won't pay to send us to Kansas City again. So we need an, oh, we need a line out the door. We need you guys banging on the windows trying to get in um, so that we can come back and maybe just do a whole season of podcasts in Kansas City. Wouldn't that be something? I'll tell you right now, that entire weekend is going to be me eating at every barbecue joint I can find. And then drinking aggressively later on. So you're going to have, I'm going to eat like 8 million milligrams of sodium and then do beer. <laughs> so it's going to, I'm going to the Michelin man by Sunday night. That's right. We'll get after it. The hell with it. Um, 
I'm probably just going to drive out there the hell of flying. So I, I'm <laughs> you're going to end up crashing at my house, aren't you? I'm going to somehow walk home and Werner Ram stumbling, trying to break into my house. Didn't even give him the address. Somehow finds it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to I sleep in the car <laughs> or, or, you know, if the company's paying for the hotel, I'm going to find the nice hotel I can get. Um, yep. So no, it's, uh, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to getting out there, seeing everybody. Uh, shaking hands and uh, hopefully watching the Chiefs just absolutely just drop kick Denver's ass up and down the field for for three hours. Yeah, it should be a good time. We're really looking forward to it. So again, mark your calendar for that Sunday night football game, Chiefs Broncos. We're going to be in Kansas City, and uh, if we smell a little bit like uh, like barbecue, I don't, know, I, don't, a little bit. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we'll clear the You're place out. Reek like barbecue sauce and shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. I love it. Uh, we got to get out of here. We're going to go watch Sunday Night Football and root for the San Francisco 49ers. This was a really fun show. Thank you to all of our members. If you're interested in joining the Arrowhead Attic community, then you need to check out the link in the description. I saw we got a couple of new members tonight. Really excited to meet you in the private members only discord where we're going to be watching Sunday Night Football and talking shop. Um, all right, let's get out of here, everybody. So for Sterling Holmes, Matt Verderam, Matt Connor, Adam Best, my name is Patrick Allen. We will see you guys on Tuesday's show with Matt and Sterling. But until then, go Chiefs. <laughs>